Amen. Amen. Glory to God. God is awesome. Happy New Year to everybody today. Happy 2022. Can you believe it? 2022? Amen. How many, how many did they know that the faithfulness of God in 2021 is the same faithfulness of God in 2022 and the same faithfulness of the Lord in 2023? So whatever you've got going on this year, and I know that some of you may be, uh, have some loose ends that you're needing to tie up, God has sent me to speak a word to you today. And so we're going to be getting into some marvelous expressions of the, of the purposes of God. In this new series we're starting in the month of January, it's the end from the beginning. And so we're going to be getting into some really good dynamic stuff. I think it's going to be a, an instrument in you moving through 2022 like never before. And so we're just kind of setting the table and getting ourselves ready today. But I look around and see so many beautiful faces out there today. Man, you could bring me down just a little bit if you don't mind. Uh, we, we are still kind of working our way through a new sound system and all the wonderful things. But if, if, if uh, over the next couple of, of months as we get in, we're just transitioning here uh, for, for the year. And we'll see what the Lord has for us. And we, there's some wonderful things coming for the future of our ministry over the next several months. So just be, be, just be fluid. Uh, be flexible. We're learning our, our new uh, surroundings here today. And I just, I'm just so thankful uh, to uh, the mate, well, the former mayor of Mansfield and now our, uh, the representative out of the House of Representatives and David and, and Tanya Cook. They just love the church and love what we're doing and said, Pastor, here's the, here, here's the keys. Come in and do what you do. Amen. And, and it's just so nice to be in such a beautiful place. I mean, this is brand new. And I'm just so thankful for their hospitality. I just want to make sure you knew that. So we're going to have a good time in the Lord. Are y'all ready? We're going to get into some stuff today. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to have you to stand. This, we're going to be in Jeremiah 29, 11 through verse 13. And this is a series entitled, The End from the Beginning. And I, I want to caution you here that this word, how many know that you can get a word but if you don't trust the word you hear, it will do you no good. How many of you know that a prophetic word is still a word that you have to embrace by faith? And so I just want you to hear today, the words that I'm about to speak to you are of itself prophetic in your life if you'll receive it that way. And if you'll receive these words and the prophetic nature in which they come, your 2022 will be like no other year in your life. Right? Well, you mark that down. Listen, I'm going to challenge you today that 2022 can become the single greatest year in your life if you'll receive this prophetic word. God is speaking to you on the second day of the year 2022 to perfect in you something that, that if you'll embrace it, li listen, write it down. And, 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 if, and if it doesn't come to pass, just come say, Pastor, I'm, I'm going to another church because the things you're saying, you out your mind, man. I'm going to find me a place that speaks the word of the Lord. Write it down. Mark the word, right? And I'm only saying that to you because today I'm not speaking about my reputation. I'm speaking about the reputation of God. And God will keep his reputation. Trust me when I tell you, God is sure to his own reputation. And I want to read Jeremiah 29, 11, and then I'm going to have you bookmark Isaiah 46, or the chapter 46, because I want to speak some words in there that I believe are going to be an instrument to you. So let me get my Bible over here, Jeremiah 29, 11, and I want to read this passage to you, and you're going to hear something today that's going to be a wonderful exposition of the mind of God. 
So Jeremiah 29, 11, and, and, and if anybody today, uh, the first person that comes to me today and says, preacher, what you spoke to me today is going to be essential uh, in my walk in the Lord, I've got something I want to give you. That's the first person that catches me. Uh, so if you, want a, if you want a special gift, I got a gift for you. Uh, but you got to catch me. You got you to come. and I got to see the Lord in your eyes. Come on, somebody that you are in that frame of mind. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, this is what it says. Are you there? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Did y'all get lay hold of that? So listen, I don't, I don't know what's happening in your world, but listen to God. I know the thoughts I think toward you. And let me just let that settle in your spirit just for a minute. He says, for I know the thoughts I think toward you, saith the Lord. Catch this. Thoughts of peace. So whatever thought you have contrary to peace in your life, get rid of it because that's not God. Right? These are thoughts of peace. Catch this. And not of evil. And this is, the, this is the word I want you to lay hold of. To give you an expected end. An expected end. Did you catch that? To give you an expected end. Then watch what happens, right? So no, notice there's a then. So if you can embrace the thought that God's thoughts towards you are wonderful, full of the expression of himself, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Notice the then. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. I'm going to not only hear you, but move in the hearing of you. To hearken unto you. Verse 13. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Are y'all there? Let's get into some stuff today. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this glorious day. We thank you for the opportunity we have today, Father, that we might find your heart. Holy Spirit, I know that this morning is strategic. I can feel it in my spirit. That this morning isn't like another morning. If, if we'll allow it to be that which God intended it to be, let this moment be strategic. In the power of God, in the authority of the Lord, we bind up anything that would move contrary to this word that's falling upon the hearts of the people of God. This word that needs to be settled, this, this word that needs to be embraced, that, that, that this word will settle into us, down into our, the recesses of our heart, down into our soul. That when we leave this place, the enemy has no room. We're simply going to evict him this morning. And we're going to say, we know the thoughts God has towards us. We know what God wants to do. And I embrace that with the fullness of my heart. And we pray that today. Holy Spirit, you know we can't attain to anything unless you move inside of us, unless you stir us. I pray a move of God in this place so profound that prepares a place for God for you this year in our lives that'll be unparalleled in all the years in which we've graced this earth. Move as only you can move, Holy Spirit. Stir as only you can stir. 
Help us as we move forward today. Bless us, strengthen us as we move forward today. And we pray that in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, before you see this, what you have to do, I want you to go find five people that look grumpy, right? And, and they're not smiling and they, they got a frown on their face. And I want you to tell them this, the end is in sight. The end is in sight. Go grab somebody and just hug them and say, the end is in sight. The end is in sight. If you look a little grumpy, go get them. Can you see it? Can you see that your end is in sight? I'll tell you like Solomon says, better is the end of a thing than the beginning. God has sent me today to do something unique, and that's to give you the end before we even get started. God's going to let you see the end of the movie before you even hit the play button. Because he wants you to see the end before we get working. He will do it. Let me share something with you. And you can bring me down just a tad. Did you know that all scripture is given by inspiration of God? It is, it is said to be God-breathed. God breathes his word. Uh, that is imperative that you lay hold of that thought that when God speaks, he's breathing something on you. Did you know that all life started by the breath of God? It is instructive that we embrace the idea that God is breathing his word. Did, did you know that there are places in the Bible that are marked by the breathing of God, and I say the literal breath of God, and that in your Bible, the Old Testament, it's marked by red letters. How many know that there's a red letter edition of the Bible? These are places where God himself spoke. It's red letter. It's dipped in blood. You touch a neighbor and say, there's some letters dipped in blood. That God not only breathed, but he bled. Uh, it, it's given to you so that whenever you would want to go find out more about God, you can actually go just read what God said. Uh, there are places in the Bible, Apostle, Paul, Apostle uh, 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 Peter gives us the intimation that prophecy of old didn't come by the will of men, but came by holy men as they spake by inspiration of the Holy Ghost, as they were moved of the Holy Spirit. And so some of the Bible is given to exegete, but some of it is the literal words of God. How many are thankful that God spoke? He said words. How many know that when we read our Bible, we give emphasis to those blood-bought words? 
Because these are places where we can go and see the intimacy of God by his own revelation. How many did they know that it is God who speaks of himself? In the Old Testament, God gave revelation of himself. And one of the greatest passages in the Bible, Exodus chapter 3, the Bible says God spoke for himself. Is anybody familiar with the burning bush? I have always been drawn into the burning bush. Always drawn into the miraculous of God because God of himself is going to reveal his name. How many of you know it's important to know the name of God? How many of you know that anybody that wants to de uh, desires to have any intimate relationship with somebody, any communion, any fellowship, you got to know the name, right? You, you want to know somebody, you got to know their name. God said, I'm going to give you my name. Some of you may not be familiar with this passage, and I'll just give you a little interlude to it. Moses is now being confronted with God in towards what God is purposing to do, the grandeur of God, and that God was about to deliver the nation of Israel out of the superpower Egypt. And I want you to hear this for a moment, that the, the Egyptian systems of gods and goddesses was, was complex. And all of the nation of Israel being held in bondage, and I know if you've ever been in a place where maybe uh, you believe in God, but then sometimes, this may not be you, but it happens to me, sometimes when you go through a tough time, you start wondering if your prayers are being heard. Anybody ever been in a condition in your life where you've got a situation and you're praying, but the situation seems to be getting worse, and you're wondering whether or not God can even hear you? <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, that's you, not me. <laughs> It's awesome that, that, that here it is that Moses, the nation of Israel, has been praying 400 years. And they're still in bondage, still suffering. Talk around town was, well, maybe we don't know who God is. In fact, we don't even know his name. You ever notice that, that, that all throughout the book of Genesis, all of the patriarchs in the Bible, nobody asked his name. Don't you find that odd that, that all the patriarchs beginning all the way, if you want to even go back to Adam, that nobody ever asked God, what is your name? N nobody ever thought to be intuitive enough to say, well, well, what's your name? I mean, we know you're God, but what is your name? How many know that not everybody says they believe in God, they believe in God, your God? How many know there's a lot of gods? Well, you look at your neighbor right now and say, there's a lot of little G's. But do you know the capital G-O-D? Don't you find it odd that, that even Abraham, who God himself called out of Chaldea, that he himself didn't know the name of God? I mean, I think he's a central figure in faith, wouldn't you say? Uh, go, go throughout all the list. I mean, th th there's our son Isaac. He didn't know the name of God. There's Jacob. He didn't know the name of God. There's Joseph. He didn't know the name of God. Nobody knew the name of God. And now they're in captivity. God begins to reveal to Moses, this is what I'm going to do to Moses. Look, how can I go back and tell him I spoke with you when I don't even know your name? And God says, oh, it's my name you want to know. You want to know my name? This is my name. I am is my name. 
I am that I am. I will always be what I've always been. Catch this right now. Uh, you hear it as I am. We extrapolate that theologically by saying he is. Will somebody say God is? God is. He is right now. Everything God is, is right now. He says, I am that I am. That's enough. I'm all God all the time. Did you catch that? That's the theological application. The point is today, do you know who God is? Do you know that the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God? For those that come to him must believe that he is and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. Think about this for a moment. Who is God? Do you know who he is? God got news for you. God declared himself. And in fact, if you have your Bible, go there with me. Exodus chapter 34. Go, go down to around verses 5 or 6, somewhere in there. Let me just quote it to you because it's something that I recite in my prayer life. Whatever situation is going on in your life, whatever you've got going on in 2022, and I'm going to say this to some of you, whatever loose ends you have going on that you are trying to tie up, could I give you this verse? Because the Spirit of God has sent me to tell you this verse. That God is going to be who he says he's going to be. If you'll have faith in who he is. Anybody believe that God is? I believe that God is. I trust that. I believe in that. I pray over that. I fast over that. That God will be who he says he is. And listen, if God reveals himself to you as he is, listen, all your troubles are solved in that instant. Because God will be who he says he'll be because he is God. Can I suggest to you this year that God has sent me to tell you that he's going to preserve his reputation in you? That God said, who I am, I'm going to be who I am because this is my reputation at stake. This is not your reputation at stake. This is God's reputation at stake. Are you there in Exodus 34? Let me give you this. Slide your finger down, verse 5, 6. I think verse 6, it starts with the Lord coming down, descending in a cloud. Verse 5. And the Bible says he stands right next to Moses. And the Lord proclaims himself. And I just want you to hear this because this isn't a matter of exergete. This isn't a matter of us theologically exergeting the text. This is God declaring of himself who he is. This is not me adding to or taking away from. This is you reading who God is. Are you there? Exodus 36. Can I encourage you? Exodus 34, verse 6. Can I encourage you to memorize these verses? And whenever the enemy starts to whisper in your ear, you recount this verse again. Are y'all with me? Whenever the enemy tries to tell you that something's aloof, you get a bad report, some situation, the doctor says this, that, and the other, I want you to recount this verse. Because this is God's reputation. This is who God says he is. Are you there? So this is, this is Exodus 34, verse 6. Am I there, Brother Eric? Because you're, kind of, you're, you're, you're my monitor. You're my Bible monitor. Check this out. The Lord, the Lord God, this is the Lord proclaiming of himself. The Lord, the Lord God, what does he say? Merciful and gracious. 
y'all hear that? Merciful and gracious. You know mercy. God not doing to you what should have been done to you. <laughs> so whenever you get in that little self-pity place in your life where you say, I deserve this, you better 86 that out of your life. You know grace, getting what you don't deserve. How can the enemy get in the door if what you don't deserve you get anyway? And what should have happened, God didn't do it. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to show you that God says, I'm gracious. I'm merciful. What does he say? I'm long-suffering. God is patient. Will you say God is patient? Under affliction. Catch that now. Long-suffering. Now watch this. He's abundant in goodness and truth. Forgiving thousands, keeping mercy, right, for thousands, forgiving transgression, iniquity, and sin, and that will by no means clean the guilty because God is righteous. This is God declaring of himself, friends. Brothers and sisters, did you hear that? This is God saying, this is who I am. Take that verse and compare it to whatever's going on in your life and you will see that there's a difference between what you're experiencing and what God is saying about himself. And the way that we make up the chasm is we stand in faith and say God's going to be who he promises to be. Somebody say hallelujah. God's going to be who he promises to be. He's the I am. Will you say he's the I am? Will you say he is? Will you get up right now and find two or three people and just say, he is? Just get up and find somebody. Because sometimes you got to move around and get this in your spirit. Get up and say, he is. He is. He is. He is. He is. He is. Hug somebody and say, he is. Now, what you're hearing is prophetic. I want you to lay hold of this. This is prophetic. This is prophetic language. Let me show you how great God is. How many know God can't prophesy? Let me say that again. How many know God can't prophesy? Because he's omnipresent. He tells you the way it is. Let, let, let that settle for a minute. God isn't trying to be your motivational coach. He's trying to tell you what he's seen, what he's already done, because he is. He's telling you, I've already perfected the end. I'm telling you like it is. And friends, brothers and sisters, listen, I believe we've done God a lot of disservice. Because we live our lives without understanding that God has already perfected the end. And all the worry and anxiousness and all the situations going on in our life are all the proof that the faith that we need to have in God is not present. And friends, I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, listen, catch this. This is prophetic language that by faith we're going to see God do something extraordinary. That by faith we're going to see the end from the beginning. That by faith we know that we're going to tie up some loose ends this year and we're going to see the end because the end is in sight if you by faith 
will believe that God will be who he said he's going to be. And I believe that God is always going to be faithful to himself. God's going to be faithful. When you say it to yourself, God's going to be faithful. God's going to be faithful. Say it to yourself, God's going to be faithful. God's going to be faithful. God's going to be faithful to himself. Because he is. God's going to, God's going to do it because he's God. And he gave me a word and I'm going to trust that word in this season. So I don't know what you've got coming into 2022. There might be some things dragging over. And listen, I'm just trying to get you a clean start, a fresh start, that you can believe that he is and that God's going to do it. He's the I am. He's the is of your life. Did you know that Jesus is the is? I mean, you know that Jesus is the is. Check this out. I'm going to give you some stuff. Y'all ready? Can I take you on a few little Bible stories? Do you mind? Because I need to teach you because there's a lot of people in here saying, well, you know, I went to church and preacher man, we're talking about God and the preacher man said that he is, but how do I connect to the he is? You know how you connect to the he is? Because he sent his son. He sent the is into life. He sent Emmanuel to prove that you belong to God. Listen, don't celebrate Christmas and not know what you're celebrating. We're celebrating that God sent his only son and that if any man believe in that son, he shall not perish but have everlasting life. Somebody say everlasting life. Eternal life. Somebody say eternal life. Listen, what an odd thing for me to say today that there's a lot of Christians that do not have eternal life yet proclaim to believe in Jesus Christ. Did you hear what I just said? What an odd thing to be in a church where people are saying, oh, you know what, preacher, I'm going to get eternal life in the sweet by and by. I can't wait for God to show up when I get over to Beulah land, sweet Beulah land, when I get over when I get over to the kingdom of God, when I get home and God calls me yonder, not realizing that eternal life is right here, right now. You say, preacher, how is it right here, right now? It's simple. Jesus said this, and this is life eternal, to know him, the Holy One. And the one to whom he sent, that person called Jesus. Do you know that the knowledge of God and the Son is eternal life? That we can experience heaven on earth? How many need a little heaven in your life? I mean, I know you got some hell there. And, and, you know, but how many want some heaven this year? I know you've got some problems. But, but baby, I'm trying to help you to get a little bit of heaven in your life. And that's what we need. We need heaven there. We need eternalness there. So check this out. There's... There's an eternal life in Christ Jesus. He's the I am. He's the I am. Can I take you on some Bible stories? You're connected to the eternal life because you believe in Christ. Can I give you some? Can I take you on a few little, little journeys? Did you know that the Bible in the, in the New Testament lists that Jesus says that he is seven times? He is perfection, right? He lists it seven times. How many know seven is the number of perfection with God? Right, so I'll give you the first one. You, you want to take on a few notes? Here's some notes. St. John chapter 8. They asked Jesus, who do, you, who do you think you are? We're the sons of Abraham, but who do you think you are? And he says, oh, you're speaking of Abraham. I'm glad you brought him up. You see, Abraham saw my day and was glad. And they said, how can you, being but 50, not even 50, say that Abraham saw you? And you know what Jesus says? Before Abraham was. I am. I am the ism of life. He is. 
catch up. St. John chapter 6, one of my favorite stories, Jesus feeds the 5,000. Y'all know that story? The Bible says with, with five loaves of bread and two fish, fed 5,000 men, women and children. It was so wonderful. The meal was so great that the following day, then when they saw that Jesus went over to the other side of the Sea of Tiberias, everybody followed him to get a fish sandwich. And when Jesus saw him, Jesus said, listen, you're not coming because you saw miracles. You're coming because you had food to eat. And then Jesus says this, labor not for the food that perisheth, but labor into the meat that endures into everlasting life. And you know what Jesus says? I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Y'all know the story of the woman who was caught in adultery? You remember her? Uh, they caught her in the very act. And while Jesus was teaching right there in the synagogues, they brought this woman and threw him before his feet. And they said the prescription, the remedy for this woman is that she should be stoned. But what say you, preacher? The Bible says that Jesus doodling in the ground says, hey, he is without first. Who is out sin? Cast the first stone. And one by one, they all left, dropped their stones and walked away. And you remember the story? Jesus tapped the woman on the shoulder and says, where are your accusers? She stood up and said, there's none. He said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. And Jesus looked at the crowd. And what did he say? I am the light of the world. Anybody remember this verse, St. John 10, 10? Anybody know that off, just offhand? The Bible says, the enemy cometh for but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. What was he talking about? He was talking about sheep. And what what does Jesus say in John 10? I am the door of the sheep. Anybody remember this story? St. John chapter 11. These are the seven times that Jesus proclaimed I am. That he is. St. John chapter 11. How many know this story? Jesus had some friends of his to whom the friend of these two sisters, the brother, by the name of Lazarus had passed away. And the Bible says that Martha sent message to Jesus that the one to whom he loved was sick, but Jesus abode two more days. And on that fourth day, Jesus makes his way back. And when he gets there, Martha has an accusation. She said, had you had been here, my brother had not died. You know what Jesus said? Martha, your brother shall live again. He'll rise again. And you know what she said? Oh, yeah, Lord. Surely. In the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Did y'all hear that? I am the resurrection and I am the life. One of my favorite passages of all time, St. John 14, I quote it all the time. Jesus, knowing that he's about to go to Jerusalem and be crucified, what does he say? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, for in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. And there's Thomas, you know, you know doubting Thomas. You remember him, right? 
He says, Lord, we don't know where you're going or how to get where you're going. And what did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. The very next chapter, St. John 15. We all know this one. This is how we abide in God. We're, we're connected to the vine. You want to be fruitful, you got to be connected to the root. You want to bear much fruit and please God, you got to be connected to the vine. And what did Jesus say? I am the true vine. The I am is with us. The I am is with us. Friend, you want to know where your supply comes from? You want to be rich in the Lord? Jesus says, I'm the vine. And if you profess to have Jesus in your heart, you are connected to the source of God. Somebody say amen to that. I mean, it's nice to be connected to the source. I mean, the source of everything, life and direction and, and to have ability in God. Here it is, the ism. Got to catch this. You have to catch this. Now watch this. You, 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 you have your Bible, right? Go with me to Isaiah 46, 10. Let me see what time it is. I've got a few minutes. I've got time. Isaiah 46, 10. It's time we be counted, right? Isaiah 46, 10. The Spirit of the Lord has sent me to give you this verse as a prophetic verse in the Lord. A, a, a way for you to begin to comprehend that what you're trying to do, you can give up on now. Whatever's in your mind, whatever you're confused about, whatever you're going through, God has sent me to tell you, you can put it away now. Because now it's his reputation at stake. That if we by faith will today declare that he is, God said, I'm going to perform that which I've promised to perform. Now, now this is what it says. This is, this is Isaiah 46. I have it in my spirit because this is part of my prayer life. Some of you know I've given you this verse before. Slide your finger down to verse 8. And I want you to hear this. And I want you to remember this. Are you there? Isaiah 46, verse 8 says, Remember this and show yourselves men. Uh, stand up. Be counted. Bring it again to mind, O ye transgressors. Remember the former things of old, saith the Lord. Right? For I am God. And there's none else. For I am God and there is no one like me. Well, what makes God different? He says this. I declare the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things not yet done. Are you there? Remember this. That I declare the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things not yet done. God says, my counsel is going to stand, and I'm going to do all my good pleasure. 
Do you know that the thing that you need God to do is already done? Let me say that one more time for somebody. Anybody got an issue going on, a trouble, a problem, a strife, a contention, an issue at home, a broken marriage, a thing, a situation, financial distress? I don't know what you came in the doors with. I don't know what's been plaguing your life. I don't know what you've been going through. But I got a word for you that God has already finished it. He's acted upon your end as an ism. God has responded to you of himself. He's going to be good. He's going to be gracious. You're going to see an abundance of goodness. While you're worried about how the thing's going to work itself out, God has already worked it out by faith. But you're going to have to trust him. You're going to have to stand right now believing that God is going to be who he is. Somebody say hallelujah. I've got news for somebody here. God can do it better than you. Well, you look at your neighbor. In fact, why don't you get up right now and go find somebody and just tell them, God can do it better. Go find somebody and just tell them, God can do it better than you. Now, you got to get up and go find somebody because this is one of those times that you got to look somebody in the face and say, listen, God can do it better than you can do it. God can do it better than you can do it. If you're watching by stream, God can do it better than you can do it. God can do it better than you can do it. My role is faith. My role is faith. My role is faith. I want you to see the end of that through the lens of the knowledge of who God is. I'm taking you right before your strife, right before your trouble, right before the thing. Right before your hope and your expectation, I'm, I'm bringing you there this morning for you to look at it, not with natural eyes, but with the eyes of God, through the nature of God, through the personality of God, through the character of God, and look at your situation and say, my God's going to do that. My God's going to finish that. My God is in that. My God's going to do it. My God's going to do it. My God's going to do it. My God has finished that. I'm going to kind of wipe my hands of that. My God has done that. My God has completed that. My God is in that. My God is moving in that. My God has prepared that. I'm just supposed to stand in faith knowing that he's going to do that. I can put my mind and my attention to God because I'm here to tell you, your end begins with God. The end in sight is when you see the character of God. Do you see God's character? Do you know that the work of the enemy today is to get you to take your eyes off of Jesus? The ism. Do you know that the work of the enemy is to get you to think bad about God? I, I, I am sorry to report to you today that the church itself has marred the reputation of God. And you know how we've marred it? We've marred it in our own personal experiences. A lot of you have gone through some stuff and you went through a problem and you endured some hardship and you, relay, and you relayed your hardship back to God. And you said, God was imperfect. God didn't help me. God didn't do the thing I prayed and I didn't see the answer to God, not realizing that you've probably never even stood in faith. 
Do you know how many people in the church don't know what faith is? Can, can I teach you faith for a minute? Can, can I teach you faith? Are you ready to learn faith? Uh, you have your Bibles, right? Go with me, Hebrews 1. I'm just going to teach you faith because this is how we're going to see the end. Friend, today, listen. It, once you see the end of this, the enemy can trouble you no more. The end can trouble you no more. I grew up in a time where people used to say, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Yeah, all fear is gone. Because I know, I know, I know, he holds the future. Are, are you there? Uh, Hebrews uh, 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 chapter 11, verse 1. Uh, are you there? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And I'm being mindful of the time because I know you're, you're, you're getting hungry. I can hear your stomach frowning from up here. I know you, know you got stuff on your mind. I can tell. I can look in your face. But remember, I am the bread of life that's going to feed you. So we know this, Pastor. Everybody knows it. Oh, preacher, why did you bring me over here today? Hebrews 11. Well, man, I know this verse. Do you? I mean, maybe you can recount it, maybe you can recite it, but do you know it? Listen to what it says. Now, faith. You're reading too fast. Let me say it again. Now, faith. Faith is now. Now, faith is. Theism. It's the present tense, the reality of God made real now. I mean, do you need God tomorrow or do you need him right now? I mean, I don't know what God you serve, but, but, but I want my God to be with me right now. Do you know God said, I promise to never leave you nor forsake you so that you may boldly say the Lord is my helper, not tomorrow, but right now. Now faith is, is. Somebody say is. Now faith is. Now faith is. Now faith is. Now faith is. Listen, now faith is. Are you hearing that? Now faith is. Catch it, is. Now faith is. Right now, right here, this morning, this second, this hour. Now faith is. Ah, the substance of things hoped for. This isn't us crossing our fingers. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm hoping. Yeah. Well, hope is they're just hoping kind of, kind of things come together. That, 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 that the matter of fact, that the chance will fall in order. That's not how the believer walks. Now, faith is the substance of things what we confidently expect God to do. The evidence of things we don't even see. I don't need to see it. Do, do you know today that if God said, uh, 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 son, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy you a car, I don't need to see it. <laughs> Y'all hear what I just said? If, if God said, I'm going to buy you a car, you're going to say, well, I want to go with you, pick it out, because you may not like what I like. Some of y'all know when, 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 you know, back in my day, you know, when first lady, she wanted to, you know, we were getting, going to get engaged. I said, baby, I'm going to get, no, 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 I'm going with you. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with you. So well, why are you going with me? I'm going, it's my ring. I'm going to give you, no, no, I want to pick it out. 
She didn't trust my taste. Anybody ever go somewhere and you say, well, I'm going to go and try it on? I mean, know what God, you don't have to do that. If God said, I'm going to do it, it's going to be perfect. The fit's going to be exquisite. What God's going to pick out, you're going to say, man, I couldn't pick this out. Even if I wanted to, this is God. This is the ism of God. God knows exactly how to do it. So listen, you're there in the Bible, right? Hebrews 11, verse 1, right? I read you verse 6, that without faith it's impossible to please God. For those that come to us believe that what? That he is. Now, now, right there in your Bible, right, you, you got a pen. I want you to write something down next to Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 1. I want you to write down Mark chapter 11. And I want you for the now on to pair these verses together because I want to read you something out of Mark chapter 11. You ready for something? You ready for something? This is Mark chapter 11, verse 24. This is in my spirit, but I'm going to give it to you. Y'all ready? So from here on out, if, you, if you've memorized Hebrews 11.1, 1, and you should have that memorized. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That should be in your spirit. That, that's, that's beginner 101. That's I just got saved uh, two hours ago, and I know that verse. How I many of you know you should memorize the scriptures? You should meditate the word, right? Speak it, meditate it, masticate it. The more, you, the more you read it, the more you recite it, the more it gets in your bones and in your marrow, right? So that whenever somebody tries to knock you off course, the word of God will stand up inside of you. How many know today that that's the reason why the Holy Spirit exists? He exists to guide you. Well, where is he guiding you to? How many know the work of the Spirit of God that Jesus said he's going to guide you into all truth? Why? Because God's already perfected the end. He's guiding you to what's already completed, right? He's not trying to guide you into something new. He's trying to guide you into something old, something already established, something already done. Somebody say hallelujah. Wouldn't it be nice if you just follow the Holy Ghost and he take it over what's already finished? Some of you are trying to begin things that you should have already surrendered to God. Let the Spirit guide you to what's already done. Ladies, wouldn't that be nice instead of you having to come home and cook a meal that the meal is already done? Listen, if you ask me, what would you rather have, a cookbook or the chef? I want the chef. I don't want to know how to make it. If he can make it or she can make it and it's ready when I get home, that's all I want. I just want to eat. How many want a recipe or a chef? I want the chef, man. How many ever dreamed about having a chef at your house where you don't, you don't got to cook them? Raise your hand if you, you would look at us. Look at us. Don't, don't say that's the thought of the devil. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. Be nice to just come home and it's done. And how many know the chef can cook better than you? That's what he does. That's his vocation. He cooks with love. He knows what he's doing. She's doing. They're just cooking and cutting, splicing and dicing and cooking and stewing and all that. And you come home and it's done. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He guides you to what's already, already prepared, already done. Your lives are complicated because you've made it complicated. And when we learn to walk in the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we walk in the liberty and the freedom of God. For wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. 
Are you there? Did, did you write down Hebrews 11.1? 1, I want you to pair this. Put down St. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Always pair these verses together. Always pair them together. Don't separate them. And I'm going to give you a story, and I'm going to go home. Come on, somebody. You got a word this morning. The end is in sight. And I want you to see it. I want you to see the end in sight. Whatever, the, whatever you need ended. Oh, man, I tell you, God's got something going on here. Are you there? Okay, so Mark chapter 11, give it a preface. Mark chapter 11 is the story where Jesus, Jesus curses the fig tree. Because it had leaves but no figs. Looked like it had something to eat from, but it was barren. How many of those a lot of people look like they got leaves, they ain't got no fruit yet? How many want to put some figs on the branches? I want, I want, if Jesus comes to look at my life, I want to say there's fruit on the branches. Pastor's branches have fruit. How many want fruit on your branches? How many believe there's fruit? Will you give your neighbor a high five and say, you need some fruit on them branches? How many know you want, you want so much fruit you want it to hang low so other people can come and eat, come eat off your branch? How many want to be able to live a life that people are now eating off your branches? I know you're eating, but what about everybody else? You know, it's God's delight, his will and purpose that you bear much fruit. We just got to abide in the vine, right? We've got to let God do the work. And we just lower the branch as others might eat from it. You catching this? Watch this. You there in Mark chapter 11? Listen to this, verse 24. Go with me to Mark 11, 24. This is the preface. So Jesus curses the fig tree that doesn't, it has leaves. It's acting like it has fruit, but there's nothing to eat from. The Bible says that Jesus cursed the fig tree, walked away. I'm sure the apostles, as they walked away, looked back and saw the tree didn't look like nothing happened to it. The Bible says the next day when they went out, they saw that the fig tree was withered up from the roots. You know, when God curses the thing, he goes to the root. The Bible says they came back and said it was withered. And you know what Jesus said when they said, Lord, how, how, how did you do that? You know what he said? Well, man, listen, you got you to gotta pray a lot. You got to fast a lot. You got to read your Bible a lot. You got to give your tithe. You got to do this. You got to do that. What did he say? Have faith in God. In the ism. Put your attention on the ism. On the nature of God. Put your attention on the nature of God. How many got a problem today? How many, just raise your hand. You got a problem. I got a problem. Listen. And, and how many know that if you live in the world, you're going to have problems? So don't be trying to act as super spiritual. I don't have no problem because I'm, I know Jesus. You better put your hand up while you can. Right? If you know Jesus, you're going to have more trouble than most people have. Jesus says, in this world, you'll have tribulation. So don't, don't, don't try to be spiritual when you come to church because you, you, you're putting on that funny face, acting like you got it all together. But I'm here to tell you, you got problems. And you don't know you have a problem until somebody tells you about the problem you're about to have. How many, know, how many know you had problems you didn't even know you had until somebody told you you had the problem? You said, oh, my, I got a problem. I hate that, man. I was scooting along real good, and somebody said, listen, I got to tell you something. Oh, man, here we go. What you got to say? I got another problem. But you know, the good thing is that when I see problems, I'm passing every problem through the ism. Anything you tell me goes through the ism. I, I don't care what you say. Pa Pastor, the doctor says, I, I, I got this problem. It goes through the ism. 
I know my God's a healer. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Jesus said, I am the life. Listen, anything you tell me goes through the ism. And it invokes my faith. It makes me stand up. How many of you know that some of you should have got angry about some stuff a long time ago if you were in the ism? Some of y'all sitting around so passive, I don't know what I'm going to do, and I'm, let me see if I can figure it out. That's your problem. Listen, when you walk in the ism, you stand up and say, in the name of Jesus, that thing goes no further. Y'all hearing me, right? That's what Jesus did. He's in the ism. He sees a, a, a tree with bread, no fruit. That's it. Done. Dead. He said, well, how did you do that? He says, you have faith in God. Have faith in the ism. Look at everything through the ism. Do you know that your marriage needs the ism? Let me say that one more time, somebody. Your marriage needs a little ism in it. Your husband needs some ism. Do I got a witness? Your wife needs some ism. Your kids need a lot of ism. That two-year-old needs some ism. Can you imagine if we started really living our faith out that way? How the reputation of God would just soar over Mansfield? That people would say, there's a church where the ism is present. Where God is alive and people are walking in faith. And they're seeing their life through the ism of God. Through the nature of God. Man, can you imagine just how powerful we could become? Right? I want you to see that in this story, Mark 11, this is where Jesus is teaching the ism. Have faith in God. Now, I want to I read this to you. Are you. You got your Bible? If you don't got your Bible, look on with somebody. If you don't, I'll read it. But then I want you to go home and read it. Right? Because I don't want you to be like following Jim Jones and I take you out to Gawana and make you drink some poison Kool-Aid. You got to read it for yourself. Don't trust just because I'm reading it. And Jesus answering said unto them, verse 22, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Right? Because where is it coming from? It's coming from your heart. In the ism of God. Because we're in relationship with the I am. Now watch what he says here. And here's faith personified. This is the single greatest faith statement in all of the world and Jesus gave it to us there is no greater faith statement than the statement you're about to read Mark chapter 11 verse 24 it is the greatest statement of faith and if you can apprehend this verse you can apprehend anything God has for you this is what he says therefore I say unto you what things soever ye desire when you pray believe that ye receive them and you shall have them. In other words, you have to believe that you have it before he gives it to you. You got to believe that you have it before he gives it. Because remember, you're going to get it because you see it by faith long before you possess it in your hand. It first becomes spiritual, then it transcends naturally. It's just that simple. You got a problem? Do you already see God solved it? Then it's yours. Problem solved. And you know you have it because you no longer worry about it. You know you have it because you're already thanking God for it. 
Did you hear what I just said? You know you have it because you stopped worrying about it. You know you possess it because now you're giving thanks for it. It's just that simple. Look at your neighbor and say, it's just that simple. 2022 is just that simple. Let me end it with this. I'll stop here. How many of you know the story of Jesus? The Bible says that he was teaching and he told his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. It actually was the Sea, sea of Galilee. But he said, I want to go over to that side. So the disciples jumped in the boat. And as they began to roll over to the other side, guess what happened? Storm came. How many know there's always storms on the sea? Well, you look at your neighbor and say, there's always going to be storms, so quit tripping. Touch your back and say, you're always going to have a problem, so quit acting like God ain't doing you right. He said, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go over there. I want to go over there. The said, let's, go, let's go, Lord, let's go over there. Just simple. The, 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 the verse is, Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. That's what it says, right? I, I want to say Mark's translation was, let's go over to the other side of the lake. But it's just, let's just go over the other side. Let's go to the other side. And that's what I'm trying to help you. I, I think some of you need to just go over to the other side. Well, you look at your neighbor and say, you need the other side, man, because this side don't work. We want to go over to the other side, right? It's all a metaphor, right? Spiritually speaking. We need to go to the other side. So watch, Jesus said, I want to go over to the other side. And as they rode, a, a, a storm came. The Bible says that the boat itself started to fill up with water so that it was about to sink. Jesus was asleep on a pillow in a boat full of water. Sound asleep. Just sleeping. Think about that for me. Get a visual image of that. That Jesus said, I'm going over there. Got in the boat. Went to sleep on a pillow. The boat's being tossed to and fro by a storm. Sound asleep. First waterbed in the history of ever recorded. Just asleep. Just asleep. Do you know that the disciples rushed into his room, his bedside? And you know what they said to Jesus? Don't you care about me? He said, No, 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 no. The disciples, they crazy. No, no, let's let's stop here for a minute. They rushed the Lord to ask him this question. Don't you care about me? Don't you care that we perish? Don't you care that our lives are in perilous conditions right now, Jesus? Don't you care? The Bible says Jesus got up. You know this story. Went out on the boat. Peace. Put yourself there. Put yourself there. The sea said, imagine that boat. Clouds overhead diminished. Sun came out. Water was perfectly still. Jesus turns back to his disciples. And here he says, where is your faith? For the first time, the Bible says the disciples said they feared him 
because they said within themselves, what manner of man is this that even the very wind and the sea doth obey in it? And they feared him. The I am. Now, brothers and sisters, you're going to leave today. You're either going to fear what's going on in your life, the storm, the seas, the, the problem, the situation, or you're going to fear the Lord and say, I'm going to trust in the reputation of God. Go ahead and stand because it's, it's already past time. I do apologize. You know what? Let's do this. Let's do this. This is, this is prophetic for all of us. Uh, gather up with the people you're with. I always think it's essential that we pray together. There's no sense in us praying individually because the, in, the prayer won't be individual anyway. Uh, we came in as family. We won't leave as family. And I just want, I just want you, we're, we're going to pray a very simple prayer. And, and the prayer is, is easy. It's easy. And it's, just, it's just an expression of the ism, right? I want you to see the end in sight. I want us to just go back to that burning bush just for a minute. Okay, so, so what, I, what I need you to do is I just, just come with me to the burning bush. You, you know, the nation of Israel has it, been in, 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 in slavery for 400 years. Moses is perplexed as to why it's taken so long. And, and, and people are even doubting if, if God even cares anymore. If there's, if there's any semblance of relationship with God. Moses, we don't even know God's name. And they're, they're in hardship. They're, they're in struggle. They're, they've been going through, man. And, and you know, the Spirit of the Lord sent me to tell you that He knows you've been going through. You, you, you know, even this church has been going through. But the Spirit of God reminded me. The, the, the hand of the Lord's been with me. And, and I know enough about God to put every single struggle, every situation under the ism of the Almighty. This isn't what I'm hoping God's going to do. This is who He is. This is not me crossing my fingers saying, God, I hope you, I hope you figure this out next week because I don't know how much more I can endure. This is looking at it right now. Listen, the end is in sight if you'll see it through God. If you'll see it through the I am, if you'll see it through the ism of Christ. Listen, he's your bread of life. Hear that. He's your life. Hear it. He's your door. Hear it now. He, he's your resurrection. He's dead things coming back to life. Friend, he's the way. My friend, if you don't know what's true, he's the truth. L listen, he's the ism. He says, I'm your source. I'm the vine. You're the branch. And we got to see everything through the ism. Uh, go with me now to that burning bush. Listen. Come, come, come in with all that stuff that you have. Come on, bring it with you. Don't leave your trouble behind. Bring it with you. Uh, don't, don't leave that broken marriage behind you. Bring it with you. Bring what the doctor told you with you. Bring the report of, of that teacher or that thing or that situation. Bring it right here, right now. Just, just as Moses did. 
God revealed all that he was about to do to Moses. Moses said, listen, I don't even know your name. I want you to hear it. The I am is with you. 